0: Oh, g'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Husking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a cilia package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning um, they've cancelled Anzac Day. It's off, um, and we're not sure why. Uh, Biden's approval rating, uh, after sinking to an all time low, has sunk to uh, an all time lower. And uh, Mike does not approve of Tahiti and explains why shortly. But before any of that, uh, it was the Shane Warne Memorial last night. Um, so we uh, sort of reviewed it this morning. I don't think say, we played hi- you play highlights from a memorial service. I don't think it's quite the right terminology. Anyway, people seem to like this sort of thing.
1: Last night, Australia paused to celebrate, thank and farewell. One of their great Shane Warne, of course, State Memorial, was hosted by Warne's close friend, Eddie Maguire. Hello and welcome, everybody, to the mighty Melbourne Cricket Ground for this State Memorial for our friend Shane Warne. This is the Field of Dreams, Warnie's Backyard. So after the National Anthem and an opening montage, might I suggest a a boo when he introduced the Prime Minister, uh, Shane's dad, Keith, spoke of not just the sporting achievements but the fact it was the things off the field that made them most proud. The joy he brought to so many people along the way that will forever bring us comfort. In Shane's typical humble manner, I smoked, I drank and I played a little cricket. Mate, your mother and I cannot imagine a life without you. You've been taken too soon and our hearts are broken. Thank you for what you did for us and for being such a loving and caring son. Rest in peace, mate. Love you, mum and dad. Imagine having to do that. Elton was there. God bless you, Shane. God bless the family. Here we go. I can lie, no more of the darkness. The legends of sport told their stories, gave their one word tributes Alan Border, Mark Taylor, Merv Hughes, Nasser Hussain, and Brian Lara. Genius. Genius. I'd
0: say genuine. Bogan. <laughs> <laughs> Dead set, Bogan. Dead set, Bogan. That's two or three words, but I like it. <laughs> Well, he nicked genius, so I'll go entertainer. He entertained us. i uh, definitely see the king.
1: There were tributes from the organisations and charities Warren was involved in, and then Chris Martin, Coldplay, joined them from Central America. Ooh. Look at the stars. Look how they shine for you.
0: And all the things you do.
1: They were all yellow. That's one our of our favorite songs. Along, one of our own, John Stevens, one of Shane's favorites, with a brilliant rendition of Never Tear Us Apart. close friends shared stories, the common theme everyone loved him because he was a regular bloke, but not that regular as it turns out because he hung with people like Robbie Williams. Very special man, very special talent, and that's why I'm here today to sing this song. God bless you, morning. <laughs> And his younger brother, Jason.
0: He never did quite reach six foot tall. He always claimed it, but he just didn't. Every time he said, No, nah, I'm 83, I said, No, nah, mate, you're 182. I knew all of his triggers and used to take great joy in putting him on tilt. I'll always love him and always miss my big brother.
1: Rest in peace, mate. Another famous mate, Ed Sheeran. The Shane's family have asked me to play his favourite song of mine, which is a song called Thinking Out Loud. So. Um... I hope you enjoy it
0: and uh, I hope the rest of the night goes okay and sending all the love in the world from London.
1: When your legs don't work like they used to before Then his children first up was Summer The kindness he forever showed The reassurance you needed if you were doubting yourself The humour he had without even trying to be funny And most of all he was so thoughtful And one of the happiest people I ever knew his son, Jackson. I loved watching you do what you do. Bowling, playing golf, making
0: eggs and bacon, and commentating. You did everything with so much passion. I
1: looked up to you as my hero, and I admired how hard you worked. I'm so proud that you are my dad. His other daughter, Brooke. I will miss our chats just about how big our double chins are and how big our bellies are looking, especially after we've just eaten our body weight in cheese, pizza, and pasta. But what makes me the saddest is I will never get to wrap my arms around you and give you the biggest hug and rest my chin on your chest. Dad was our shining star in life and now he's shining down on all of us. And it ended with this. Oh.
0: Uh, So, yeah, I'd just like to point out I am not responsible, really, for that. A lot of people contacted me to say, "Oh." Oh, that was so good. You did such a good job. I just pushed the buttons. Other people found the audio and wrote the script, and Mike Hosking talked. It's group effort.
1: Um, we'll move on to Anzac Day. It's off. Geez, you're on to it. Why are Defence Force, Mike, staff being stopped from attending Anzac Day commemorations due to COVID uh, when there is no restrictions on outdoor gatherings? Very good point. Oh my God, please get the RSA and the Defence Minister really not allowing them to attend Anzac memorials. This is undermining our history, lest we forget. What an extraordinary thing if you've missed it this morning. The Defence Force are telling personnel not to attend Anzac Day events. Uh, their overriding priority during the pandemic is to keep personnel healthy. The current directive may be reviewed if the pandemic circumstances change. There are no limits on outdoor gatherings. How are we supposed to move forward as a country if government departments, which the Defence forces one, won, on what arguably is their most important day, historically speaking, aren't allowed to participate in normal life? How can you be normal if you're being told not to be normal?
0: Bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Because... Um you know, if you get a bunch of oldies all sitting close together at a memorial service, a, a, an Anzac Day service, and um, they all, um, you know, get sick, you're going to feel a bit stink, aren't you? So, yeah, it is a bit tricky.
1: Um, tricky for Biden at the moment. It seems like nobody's really into what he's doing. I suppose it's a bit chicken and egg, really, isn't it? But at the same time, Joe Biden this week said Putin can't stay in power. Uh, The latest poll on his approval ratings came out. It's at its lowest level yet, 40%, as and only 40% approve of the job he's doing. It's a three-point drop since January, and January wasn't any good in any way. In fact, his whole presidency hasn't been any good. 71% of people think the country's on the wrong track. Now, part of the problem is immediate. Uh, The House, all 435 seats are up for grabs this year, as well as 35 Senate seats. Not helping Biden's allegedly off pieced comments about regime change were further comments he made about Trump. He said he would be very fortunate if Trump ran again and they faced off for another go. See, Biden is what you get when you have a president like Trump. Is Biden the best possible Democrat they could have found? Of course he isn't. But he was safe. He was the good old days. He was a return to Obama. Except, of course, he isn't. He's old and bumbling, incoherent, and at times an embarrassment, and a growing number of Americans have buyer's regret. His deputy is even worse than he is. They apparently aren't getting on. Her office leaks like a seven between the two of them. They're scaring the bejesus out of the rest of the Democrats that have to go out and shore up their votes before the end of the year. Biden, sadly, is an example of winning by default. And even then, he didn't win by much. But what does it say about the world, eh? That Russia is run by a warmonger from another age, and America is run by an old bloke who says stuff they have to bail him out of. At a time when greatness is required in terms of leadership, the cupboard is bare. Can you imagine Trump v. Biden part two? How astonishingly depressing would that prospect be? The most powerful nation on earth, in a contest to be run by an orange psychopath, and a bloke who barely knows what room he's in. And you wonder why people are turned off politics. You wonder why they don't vote, even when those who did barely over a year in regret their choice and give Biden the numbers that he currently has.
0: But that's the beautiful thing about Biden. I think because he doesn't really know where he is, what he's doing, what his name is, what year it is, um, it's all just water off the ducks back to him. You know, Somebody probably told him what his approval ratings are and he probably forgot straight away. And just keeps ploughing on. Uh, We're going to finish up here with a lot of uh, services, air services, uh, starting back up. Mike listed just about all of them off this morning, like uh, the the destination board at the airport, except sort of an audio version. I'm not playing that part. I'm just playing what happened afterwards.
1: Uh, Mike uh, Tahiti. Better than, better than your spiel. I've been several times. It's a great destination as opposed to your Fiji, Raro, Australia. Give me Tahiti, Anita. See, when we went, we only went once. We won't be back. Went to Bora Bora. We worked out by the time we got to our hotel room in Bora Bora, if you take the time you left the country, i.e. New Zealand, you left New Zealand and got to Bora Bora, you could have flown to London faster. And that's we're talking a five-hour flight to Tahiti.
0: Yeah, but then you're in London, though. Yeah, but you Ugh. want to be in London.
1: But even if you wanted to be in Bora Bora, which is one of those places to be frank, it's, it's, it's probably my personality, it's one of those places where you do nothing. And some people like that. But I got bored after about three quarters of an hour. I said, is this it? And they said, yes, it is. And I went, mm, okay. So you've get you got to land. You've got to stay in Papayiti overnight. Then you've got to get your plane out there. Then you've got to land. Then you've got to get off your plane. Then you've got to get on a boat. And then you've got to go on your boat to the place. And then you land on your – it's just like, woo. And then they charge you a lot but of money. No, for what do they
0: call me. that? Uh, yeah, getting away from it all. <laughs> And my cup of tea oh, I feel sorry for those sorts of people We just can't stop and do nothing It's all I ever want to do is nothing Hmm There's definitely two kinds of people in the world aren't they Aren't, they? aren't you lucky that you've got both of us in this podcast I'm Glenn ZB uh, For another balanced podcast like this Tune in back here to tomorrow And maybe I'll even be able to put a coherent sense together Who knows um, I'll, I'll, I might just be too busy doing nothing But I'll see you then